Hey y'all Wastelanders, it's me again, Captain Mal. Out here walking the waste, from the ash heap to the toxic valley, and everywhere in between. To bring together stories of folks just like you, trying to get along in Appalachia. So turn up your pit boy, get cozy with a new Coca-Cola, and join us for Outlaws and Underdogs. Today, I am back in Morgantown to interview Ranger Tom Houston, a patrol officer with the new responders, and someone who really embodies the idea that we gotta help each other out. I'm real excited, I bet you will be too. So let's go. So, hey, uh, how are ya? How, how I'm you doing? pretty good, how about yourself? Well, it was, a, it was a hell of a long walk to get here. I was all the way back out in the Divide, and I had to come all the way back into Morgantown. I was just here uh, talking to Roseway uh, not that long ago. I, I guess you, uh, you're you a patrol officer, right, with the new responders? So um, you know each other, I'm sure. Yes, sir. And, yeah, I got to gotta tell you, that was that's probably a bit of a dangerous walk you took. I mean, that's... Uh... That's definitely a truth, uh, but this is a real nice place. I mean, even coming up on it, it stood right out from all the other buildings. It's it's nice and homey. It, I mean, you want to talk to us about that a little bit? Tell us about the place. Oh, yeah, I, I love this place. So, uh, you know, before the war, this is where I this is where I grew up, me and my mom and my dad. Huh. And, uh, you know, after, after getting out of the vault, I searched around for a little bit, lived in the... Uh, old abandoned Slocum's Joe just north of Flatwoods for a while. I know the one uh, you mean, yeah. Yeah, decided to make my way over to Morgantown to see if this place was still standing, and, uh, you know, to my luck, it was boarded up and had to replace a fair bit of things. Rot, but I got it back in working order, and now I've made it my home. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a home. I mean, this ain't a shack. You really, you, it, it's real obvious. You put a lot of work into making oh, yeah. it a home again. A lot of work and a lot of love. Yeah, I mean, it's your your childhood home is where you grew up. So, I mean, it don't surprise me you put that much work and love into it, but it definitely stands out from a lot of places I've been to, for sure. But uh, you, you, meant, you just mentioned uh, the vault. You, you ain't a vault, baby. I guess, as Roseway said, uh, it, the phrase kind of stuck to me. Uh, you, you were a kid when you went into the vault, right? Oh, yeah. I was about six. Six or seven, I think. So I'm born in December, so... Uh, yeah, I was six years old by the time I went into the vault. Me and my mom. That was uh, that was an exciting day for sure. Yeah, I, I bet. I mean, how did you come to be in Vault 76? Like, how did, how did that process happen? I mean... So, so my mom was a uh, was a, a researcher for the uh, Vault Tech Agricultural Center down in Flatwoods, huh. and she was one of their head uh, head botanists down there. So she did a lot of stuff and uh, doing experiments and such with plants. And uh, I was gonna say I, I don't really remember much being so young, but there were a few yeah. times I went down there for. Uh, take your kid to work day and I just remembered her her excitement coming in there every day and looking over the new specimens and getting to do all kinds of fun research stuff well I mean did that sort of did that sort of carry over to you I mean did you uh did you get interested in in plants and even as a little kid like was that something you were 
one to follow in her footsteps on, or? So, when I, when I first got into the vault, I wasn't, you know, I, I was a little too young to be interested in anything other than playing with toy cars and rocket ships and whatnot. Fair but, uh, as I grew up there, the, uh, the community around the vault, I really got in touch with a lot of scientists in there. They kind of helped, helped raise me, you know, they say it takes a village. Yeah. So a lot of those guys were family friends that knew my mom, and uh, just growing up around them gave me a little bit more insight into the flora and fauna. And then uh, as I left Vault 76, it, I was really kind of taken aback by just how much everything had changed, the mutations and everything that had occurred on the outside. So that's something that's always kind of caught my fancy, was looking and making sure that all the plants and stuff, seeing all the weird mutations and whatnot... Yeah. But a vault must be a real closed-in environment as far as that goes, like like a real sort of tightly knit. Is it like a community, or is it just sort of like a little town and everybody does their own thing and it's just underground? Well, I'd, I'd say it's it's much more like a community, you know what I mean? Um, my mom uh, passed a few years after we went into the vault uh, and didn't find out later on until... Uh, I was a little bit older that it was due to some of the more nefarious things that Vault Tech was up to at the Agriculture Research Center. But um, growing up in the vault there, it was it was a lot like having a, an extended family of sorts. You know, you'd, you'd get together with the people that lived around you and you'd, you'd go out and you'd have lunches and stuff like that. And then when my mom passed, you know, a lot of those people took up the mantle of trying to help raise me. So, you know, when that happened, a lot of them came together, and it was, uh, it was, you know, pretty much like I'd, I had found a new family in the, uh, in the other vault dwellers. Well, that's pretty amazing. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm real sorry for your loss. I know it was a, a time ago, but I am sorry if I ain't never said that, but you, uh, you grew up around all these vault dwellers. I mean, did anybody special help you out i mean do you have anybody you remember in particular that sort of helped make you into the person that you are now or was it everybody together you think oh man that's i think it was a good combination of everybody together i mean there were a few folks here and there that really stood out to me but uh growing up and i'm not sure why exactly but i was always kind of more of making friends with the adults than i was with the other kids in the vault yeah, yeah, that, that that makes sense to me. So, the way you're describing it, it didn't sound like it was terrible in the vault, but were you anxious to leave around the time that the vault was getting ready to open? I mean, were you anxious to go out and find out what was going on, or were you were you scared to go out? I mean, I mean, I was, I was pretty anxious to get out and get going. Uh, you know, there's only so much fun you can have in a vault, testing on true, lima right? beans and doing all kinds of weird research on fungus that grows inside the maintenance tunnels. That's definitely a thing. Uh, but you went out, you went out on Reclamation Day, uh, as, as, they, as they call it. Uh, you left, you left the day the vault opened. Or... Yeah, so I was, you know, in my, in my mid-twenties by the time the vault opened, and, uh, you know, I, like you said, I was real excited, real anxious to get out and get going, but I'll tell you what, man. Walking out, seeing that sunrise over the Blue Ridge Mountains, it 
got me excited, but as soon as I started walking a little bit further from the vault, that anxiety started to creep back up, and I kind of felt a little overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. That That's definitely... I, I, I can see that. I mean, walk us through those early days, like, of, of Houston. Like, what was it like for you? You left the vault, and obviously you didn't have nobody with you, so... You're on your own, and you, you left? Were you, did you think you were prepared when you saw everything, or did you realize you weren't, or... I mean, how'd that go? So, you know, at first I thought I was prepared, but I learned pretty quickly on that I wasn't completely prepared. See, I knew what plants to eat, what plants not to eat, but everything past that was pretty much unknown chartered territory for me. Mm. Yeah, that's... I can see that, too. Like... How did you how did you survive them early days? Did you hunt or did you did you join up with a group? I mean, I'll get to some of this other stuff later, I mean in more detail, but how did you stay alive when you when you left the vault by yourself? I mean, I've asked this question to a lot of people because I'm real curious. So, when I first left, I started off by hunting small game, you know, the occasional squirrel, stuff like that, small stuff that yeah. Couldn't really fight back, because I'll tell you what, I was not prepared for any sort of combat. Yeah, I mean, did you know something was coming? Like, did you have a an idea that, that you were going to have to get ready for that eventually, or were you just sort of oblivious to the, to the bigger stuff? Well, yeah, so in the vault, we were shown a few different uh, slides and preparedness for uh, the exit telling us mm -hmm. stuff like, hey, beware that creatures may grow exponentially larger than they were <laughs> back in the day. So yeah. a lot of that stuff um, from Vault-Tec came in handy, just knowing what could be out there. I, I hadn't necessarily seen anything dangerous for my first few weeks, my first few months, wow. but uh, I think the first real kind of creature that kind of took me aback was one of them uh, two-headed cows, Brahmin. You know, it's funny that you say that because you are something like the third or fourth person that mentioned Brahmin is one of the first things that really freaked him out coming out of the vault. I mean, there's got to be something, uh, some absolutely weird about it if that's the if that's the first thing people remember for sure. Yeah, well, in the vault, you know, they in the in the slides and stuff they showed us, they told us that stuff might get mutations or might get larger, but. I didn't quite expect things to start growing second head. <laughs> That's definitely a good point. Like, it never occurred to me that maybe they didn't really, uh, that the vault preparedness didn't really prepare people, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm hearing that a lot. Like, people, people who have a lot of very diverse stories are saying the same thing. Like, uh, so you, you made it, obviously. You, you survived. Uh, did you come home to your house right away? Or did you just sort of live, you said you lived in the Slocum's Joe for a little bit. Uh, I know the one you're talking about, but was that your goal to come back here originally? Or did you just decide sort of on the spot? Or So originally I wasn't even sure if it was still there. I had assumed that it had, you know, fallen into disarray and probably collapsed. You know, it had been 20 some odd years since I've been back. And as far as I knew, no one, no one was on the outside looking after it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I went wandering one day, and eventually, I, when I first left the vault, I tried not to stray too far from that Slocum's Joe that I had held up in, just in yeah. case. But as I went out, you know, that, that fear of the unknown kind of subsided, 
and I was yeah. able to go out further and further, and eventually I made my way over to Morgantown, and uh, yeah, I scouted the town a little bit, and then to my surprise, the house was, was still there, it was still standing, it was boarded up and parts of the roof had collapsed in, and it was full of critters, but yeah, uh, yeah it was still pretty much there. That's yeah, that is pretty amazing. Like it is a nice place. You really have done a, a real good job with it. I mean, I can definitely see this being a a family home. You know that you feel safe in. You, you've done a real good job on the inside and the outside. When you messaged me on the pit boy so we could set this up, uh, you referred to yourself as Ranger Houston. When I met you, uh, I met you a couple times. I crossed paths with you uh, when you were doing work with the new responders. And everybody calls you Ranger Houston. Where does that come from? Like, where where is the Ranger title come from? Like, where where did that name come from? Yeah. So you know, my first few months out of the vault, uh, clothing wise, I just kind of kept my vault suit on. But I learned pretty quickly here that in West Virginia, where it can get pretty hot and humid, that wearing a uh, neoprene jumpsuit. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, it started to yeah. get a little, little rancid there for a while. So that's a good word. That that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, real, real know, For a while there, yeah. I was looking for clothes that weren't entirely devoured by moths. And uh, when I came across my home, one of the first things that I did was I went upstairs into my parents' old room, and sitting there in one of the closets was a uh, was one of the jumpsuits from my dad's days in the Forest Service when he was a ranger oh i see i see yeah so he would wear it when he would go out he was a, a chief of the forest service here in west virginia so he would wear that out when he went out on site for uh inspections or anytime he'd go out to the uh different areas of land that he would have to survey huh so you wear it with pride i guess right i mean i i know that you you said that you, you talk about your uh it's an interesting point because you talk about going in the vault with your mom, uh, but you don't mention your dad. But uh, you do. You mention now that he worked, you know, with the Forest Service. Uh, is that something you want to talk about? Is that is there a reason for that, or do we just sort of pass that on by? Well, we can talk about it. I'm I'm comfortable talking about it. So my dad, he was an interesting fella with a very unique sense of morality. Yeah, uh, I see. So, as chief of the Forest Service, he's responsible for maintaining and upkeeping the uh, some of the landmarks and areas here in West Virginia that are protected. Uh, and uh, he, I'm not sure exactly when he decided to do this, but at some point uh, in 2076, 2077, he decided that he was going to use his station as, as the uh, chief of the Forest Service to try to sell off little tracts of land for the uh, the disposal of waste. Oh, uh, I'm starting to get a clearer picture here. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, my mom, being, you know, the lover of all things plants, yeah, yeah. when she found out about this, she wasn't all too happy about it. So they kind of went their own ways, and uh, by the time the bombs dropped, I was living here in Morgantown with my mom. Oh, I see so before that, we had we had moved around a few times. My dad worked down in Charleston most of the time, and we had an apartment down there. And then uh, 
So we, we would go kind of back and forth. We we bought this house for the entire family, me and my mom and my dad. And yeah. we lived in here. But like I said, most of the time we would travel around West Virginia. Yeah. I think whenever they split, he he took the house in Charleston and my mom took the larger house with me in Morgantown. Oh, I see. I see. All right. So your dad didn't go into the vault with you. Um, no. So I'm not exactly sure whatever happened to him. I've tried my best to track him down, but with Charleston being kind of a ruin, yeah, it was difficult. I was able to find one of his other apartments that he had rented sometime afterward in Watoga. Huh. But, you know, I went there and everything was pristine there. He had his stuff all set up. It looked like he might have been living there for a while. So, you know, I had hopes that I could find him and try to figure out how he had survived out there. But to this day, I mean, I've searched and I've searched and there's just nothing. Well, I tell you, maybe uh, maybe he'll be out there listening. Maybe he's out there listening. And uh, if you're out there, you're hearing this. I mean, if you got any information, obviously... Uh... I'm sure Ranger Houston would appreciate it. I mean, sure would. This is definitely a a long shot, but you know, if you're out there listening uh, right now, Wastelanders, and you you know anything about it, definitely get in touch with him uh, in Morgantown. Uh, you're not you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't that hard to find, right? I mean, oh, somebody no, can get a hold of you. Not. If I'm if I'm not here, I'm usually down at the Wide Springs helping out with the. Uh... Helping out deliver supplies and such to, to Wastelanders coming there in need of aid. Nice. Nice. I gotta ask you one more thing. Uh, well, I say one more thing. I got to you know. But, I gotta ask. Uh, but, can you tell us? I mean, it's pretty distinctive. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to identify you as well. And, uh, I wonder if you wanted to tell us about that. Especially because there might be people out there now who are new to the wasteland and may not know that these things happen, you know, may not know how serious they are when they do happen. So is that something you're comfortable telling us about or? Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel it's an important lesson for, for any new wastelander or any old wastelander to just remember to stay vigilant. So what had happened was I was, was out hunting one day and I was tracking a rad stag and I had my trusty bow and arrow and I had managed to get a, what I thought was a pretty good shot in. So I was, you know, tracking him through the wilderness out there, and eventually I came across... I wasn't sure what exactly it was. It was some kind of weird nest of some sort. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I wasn't familiar with what creature it was or whatnot. And tracking the deer, I was kind of focused in on that. I was kind of, you of know... Of course, um, yeah. I had a little bit of tunnel vision, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I wasn't really paying attention that much to what was going on, except, you know, where this blood trail was leading me. And, uh, you know, before before long, before I knew it, uh, coming up, rearing its big-ass claws on me was one of these giant death claws. Yeah, damn, yeah. So I, I was able to run about two feet before it got a hold of me, and it gave me a pretty good swipe with its claws. And that's where I got these yeah. three pretty big, distinctive scars across the left side of my face here. Yeah, I, I always wanted to ask, but I always felt it would be kind of rude to just say, Hey, uh, 
you know, where'd you get them uh, scars you got? You know, it, it seems like not a good way to open a conversation, so. Yeah, well, you know, that's just, you know, it was a live and learn experience, you know? I wasn't paying attention. I was I was zoned in on where this where this rad stag was headed off to. I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings, and it, it you know, came up on me real quick, and there was really nothing I could do. Uh, I'm lucky that the Brotherhood of Steel was there coming through Appalachia at the time. I was about to ask. I mean, getting swept by a death call ain't no small deal. And uh, it seems like it would have been something that would have been hard to come back from without some help. So tell us about that. I mean, I'm real interested to hear this. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm I'm sitting there bleeding out pretty much essentially. And the death claw has reared up its other, other arm trying to come down on me hard. And I'll tell you what, man, if that second blow had landed, I would not be here today telling you this story. Yeah. But as soon as that death claw reared its arm up, I heard something open up like a thousand firecrackers going off. Yeah. And over the death claw's right shoulder, I could just barely see out of the corner of my eye, there was one of those big, big old tank looking things. I, I think they call them an APC. It was yeah. one of those yeah. big looking APCs, and these fellas jumped out of the back of it like madmen, wearing so. all these big old suits of shiny power armor and whatnot that and must they have reared been. up these big old big old laser guns and gatling guns and just rained hell into this death claw man and i'll tell you what i've never been more thankful for something in my life man i mean yeah that is a lucky coincidence for sure i mean they do have a habit of showing up i know what it's like to to get helped out by somebody and then they sort of expect you're gonna be available to them i guess it's a polite way of saying it you know yeah so i remember uh, you know i remember blacking out pretty much as they were coming up on me trying to you know hey hey are you okay i, I remember seeing a guy in, in power armor coming up on me stepping over the the death claw and after that it was pretty much black and then i remember yeah. i woke up in this kind of this concrete room and i remember there was a, a woman standing over me asking me hey you know how many fingers am I holding up? What day is it? What year is it? You know, yeah. this, that, and the other, trying to gauge if I had any more injuries other than the half my face being almost ripped off. They saved my life. They were able to, to get me back to whatever base they had pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, from there, I just kind of healed up for a little while, a week or two. And before it, before long, I was back on my feet. That's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, I've seen the results of some of them attacks it. They ain't pretty, and they ain't something you can stitch back up together or stick a stem back in, you know. Once it happens, that's it. Like, you, you were pretty lucky, I mean, that one time. They got you back together and put you back on your feet, like you said. Um, Did you, did they want anything back from you? Did they try to recruit you? I mean, so how'd that go? So, they stated that I had used up a substantial amount of medical supplies for them, and you know, I was either going to have to pay them back for it or uh, help out a little bit around uh, their little base that they had going on. Man. So what I ended up doing was, you know, since I was wearing that ranger jumpsuit, they assumed that I was somebody who had, you know, worked my way around pretty quickly. And uh, sure enough, I, uh, I started walking around and scouting out different areas for them. 
I mean, did you feel like, I mean, were you resentful about having to do it? I mean, were you happy to help? How, I mean, how do you I was pretty happy it? to help. They weren't demanding anything of me, and it's not like they were going to, you know, take the stitches out of my face if I huh. said no or anything like that. True, I guess. I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, but, so, you liked the work you were doing. It, it yeah, sort of... I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed my time wandering around and scouting out for them. I, you know, I found a certain few places that I, you know, hadn't seen before that I really liked to, to go and adventure through. Um, you know, and that, me scouting for them lasted for maybe a few months, maybe one or two months, and then uh, eventually, you know, I just decided, all right, I think I've, I think I've paid back my share. I've found you more than enough supplies to recoup what i've taken uh they didn't necessarily agree with me on that front but all the same they let me go yeah i mean i don't know what else they might they would have done i mean you didn't sign on right i mean you were just sort of there uh they just sort of decided to help and i don't know i mean do you feel like they helped you just because they needed your help in return or do you think that they helped you because you were there, and it was just sort of a convenience where you did the work, you know, where you where you were doing work for them. Well, I, th- I think I think they probably understood that that uh, helping somebody out that was local, I could provide them information and and help them out a little bit too. I mean, I'm not sure if there's any of those fellows that are from Appalachia or where they're coming from exactly, and didn't exactly get along with a large majority of them, and they're kind of culty views in my opinion but um well you know we uh we certainly had a, a, a good relationship it's not like we disliked each other or anything like that but i think we certainly understood that you know i scratch you scratch my back i scratch your back yeah i guess i mean i guess that's fair you uh so it was a sort of mutual parting i mean where'd you go from there I mean, did you wander around on your own for a while after that again? Uh, did you sort of take them skills and just apply them to surviving, or did you go somewhere, like, with a mission? Like, did you have an idea of where you wanted to go next? So from there, we had done a supply run to a, a new kind of a settlement that some people had set up down in the in the far south, this place called Foundation. You've oh, probably yeah. heard of it. Yeah, I've been there a couple times, but... Yeah, so the Brotherhood was helping deliver some wa- some purified water down there, and I had decided to accompany them down there for one or two spells. And, you know, I, I, I helped out a little bit as I could around Foundation. I kind of liked to see the stuff that they were doing. They were a little bit more tolerant, in my opinion, than the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as soon as I left the Brotherhood, I didn't really have anything else to do. So I kind of made my way down to Foundation and helped them out. Yeah, I mean, it ain't a bad place. I mean, they work pretty hard over there. They're mostly sincere and, and want to see things build back up again. I mean, whether that's a good idea or a bad one, they're still pretty sincere about it. But So you hung out and helped Foundation out and just sort of, you know, did did what you could there for a while? Is that? Yeah, so, you know, with them, I would help out going out. You know, I was mostly a, a, a caravan guard for them going up they needed a lot of um, supplies for the rebuilding of their little settlement that they had there so I, i'd i'd help out with them every once in a while and you know we'd go out on caravan runs to gather supplies and 
you know, I'd go out with them and we'd gather timber and wood and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, they helped me out. A lot of the, the structures that I had to rebuild here in my own house, I, they helped me out with, with gathering the wood, with transporting it all this way. A lot yeah, of never their, thought of that. Yeah. craftsmen and artisans came and helped me do the measurements and the installation. Oh. Yeah, I never, I never even thought of that. They yeah. might leave there I mean, and, and, and come out and help. Like, that's uh, that's definitely a whole other angle. Like, I'm, I'm so used to seeing them sort of all together doing their own thing that it never really occurred to me that they could, you know, carry supplies the other way and help people out up here. So that's, that's pretty interesting to hear. That, that's pretty interesting to know. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 good knowing that it's not just about helping themselves. I mean, the brotherhood yeah. was was nice and all, but I I felt they were a little isolated. Yeah, I mean that ain't untrue, and that ain't a, a judgment either. It's just a statement, I guess. Uh, no, I mean, you know, we all we all do what we can to survive, and and somebody in an organization like the brotherhood, you kind of you kind of have to be. You know, in regards to the the level of technology and kind of the danger associated therein with what they do. I got to ask. So you're working with Foundation. They were helping you build your house back up. And so you're sort of learning the wasteland and everything's getting settled and taking care of stuff. But you're obviously, uh, you joined up with the new responders at some point. Uh, how did that even happen? I mean, I know they have... Uh, they have a headquarters sort of around more the Morgantown area, but did you yeah. just sort of run into each other? So when I was down there helping out with foundation, getting supplies, moved back and forth, we came across a a party of these new responders, as they're called, and they needed some stuff for the upkeep of the White Springs. And so you know, I I helped out with the caravan there, transport stuff down there to the White Springs, and then. Uh, the leader of the respond of the new responders and the leader of the foundation got together and decided to uh, try to expand a little bit more outward. They have a uh, foundation has a program called the uh, the homestead program, where uh -huh. they're going down and they're they're helping build other communities out in the wasteland. And a part of that program is uh, is is the new responders going out and making sure that these these settlements and such have have security they have you know protection from from all manner of creatures and raiders and whatnot that might try yeah. to harass them or steal the supplies from foundation that gets shipped out huh so just you know getting to getting to meet those guys during that time and getting to work with them i kind of felt real at home with them and i i i kind of had a kinship with a lot of them and, and how they wanted to make sure that everything was going smoothly and the people of the wasteland protected. I mean, like I, like I spoke on earlier, when I first left the vault, I was excited to leave the vault, but as soon as I started getting away from it out into the wilds, uh, yeah. it was kind of overwhelming for me. So I yeah. remembered feeling those feelings and that anxiety and that fear, and I just remember thinking, man... If only I had one of these new responders having my back out here, I would have yeah. felt so much better. That's, so uh, from then on, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I, I, I wanted to make sure that the Appalachia that we were going to build from that point on was one that, you know, could be safe for people to raise their families in, for people to, you know, go out and live their lives in, not have to worry about all the creatures and all the nasty things out there. 
That is some amazing answer, let me tell you. I mean, for everybody listening out there, that is definitely some ringing endorsement of new responders. I mean, if you can, if they can make somebody feel like they found their life's calling, you know, to help people, that that's definitely something that they're doing right. I mean, I've met several of them, and I gotta say, sort of universally, they they are good people, and and so. Is being a good person, I mean, does that matter to you? I mean, is that is that real high on your list of things that are important, or...? What, you know, the, the world that we live in now is just, is, is dangerous, and it's hard. And it, it, you know, trying to just survive day to day is the hardest thing somebody can do out here. So just knowing that you don't have to worry about getting clean water, or getting clean clothes, or having to deal with different you know medications and stuff like that knowing that you can go to the white springs the new responders there at the white springs will give you whatever you need and knowing that you don't have to to worry about starving to death or dying of thirst or dying from some preventable illness it you know it makes the difference in in how people come together and, and how they live that is that is definitely true i mean again Sometimes it's hard for me to imagine coming from out of a vault into this sort of land that we have now, just this life that we're living, like you're saying. Uh, it must really be a shock. I mean, I can't, I, sometimes I forget that people, some people come out totally unprepared, you know, and I see them all the time. But I still forget how, how easy it is to look at somebody and expect that they know at least something, you know, how to, where to find water or where to hunt or where to sleep, and, and a lot of people don't, so it's definitely something to remember, and if you're listening out there, check on your neighbors, you know, if you feel so inclined, anyway, you know, make sure that if they need help, they got it, because, you know, he ain't wrong, it's, it's definitely a way to build community, just helping each other, and it seems like, so far, pretty much across the board, as they say, uh, pretty much everybody I talked to said that helping each other is, is important. You know, out here now, and I find that really interesting that everybody from all these different places and these different backgrounds, you know, and that they're all saying pretty much the same thing. So uh, there must be something to it, right? I mean, you hear these stories of all these groups that that came about before you left the vault. These uh these free states fellas, you know, the the old brotherhood chapter that was here. Yeah, they yeah. stuck to themselves, and what what ended up happening to them? Well, it's, it's, that ain't wrong either. It's, yeah, it's, gotta, it's gonna, it's gonna take all of us working together to build a future for West Virginia and for Appalachia. You definitely sound like you found it, Colin. You, you absolutely sound like you are 100% convinced that this is the thing you want to do with your life, and that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, as I understand, it's hard out here sometimes to find a purpose, you know, find something to keep on going for that's sort of what i'm looking for is to find out what what keeps people going you know what what gets people up in the morning and you definitely sound like you found yours uh, for sure yeah absolutely the uh the new responders you, you said you felt at home with them you're a patrol officer with them now i mean what does that mean i mean what does a patrol officer do i mean what is that what what part of the responders is that so the patrol officer we uh we're headquartered in morgantown and uh, so basically what we'll do is we'll go through little walkthroughs of the communities and such, little homesteads that we have around the area. 
and we'll just, you know, patrol through, making sure that they see us, that they know if they have any problems, any any sort of critters or caves or whatnot that they need cleared out, if they're getting yeah. harassed by any sort of raider groups or such, that they can come to us and tell us whatever they need to in good faith that it's gonna, the problem's gonna be solved. Huh. That is, that's a lot of responsibility. I mean, that's definitely a, you make promises or something like that, you're taking your life in your hands every time, right? So, oh, it must yeah. be, I mean, it must they, be important to you. They keep us busy for sure. I believe that. I mean, even just out here running around, I, I think I'm busy, and that's that's saying something else. And this is real important to you. This is where you want to be, like, with the new responders. You want to stay with them and do what you can. I mean, is that, that that's what you feel like you, you really want to do, right? Absolutely. You know, just, just helping out. And I really like doing patrol because I get to see so many so many faces of all the people around here and you know, oh, yeah. seeing their smiling faces and seeing them wave at us as we come through. And sometimes they'll throw us a snack or a, a baked baked treat that they've made or something like that. And, you know, it, it really feels good just being able to be out there and be helping people. I can't argue with that. I think helping people is, is a good thing, maybe the best thing that we can do out here. But in that, in the sort of spirit of helping people, is there anything you want to tell people, like, Imagine all the people that might be sitting around their campfire right now listening to this on the pit boy and you got their undivided attention. What would you say? Like, what what would you say if you were looking at them people like right now? I just want to make sure that everybody out there knows that if you're ever in need of absolutely anything, if you're ever scared or hurting or just need someone to talk to, just come down to the White Spring and we'll be there to help you. If you need medical attention, if you need food, if you need water, you know, whatever it is, we're here to help. We, we got to do it together. Well, now, if somebody can't get to you, that, that makes me wonder. Uh, can they still get help? I think I asked Roseway the same question. Uh, she said she's always wandering around out here, but... Oh, absolutely. So we have we have a variety of systems that we use. Um, we use, a, there's the Pit-Boy Intramail system. So, uh, RHQ can get certain messages on certain broad, on the wavelengths that are in the Pip-Boy. Um, I think those are all listed. Um, they should be listed somewhere in the metadata of this, of this, uh, recording here. So, if, if you look those up, you should be able to find them pretty easily. And, uh, if you ever need help or, or want to reach out or just say thank you or just for someone to come check up on you. Just, you know, send us a message on that Pit Boy channel, and we'll be there as soon as we can. And that's, you heard it, uh, Ranger Houston uh, telling you with absolute sincerity that all you gotta do is call for help, and the new responders will come find you. Uh, before we, we sign off, I mean, I know I usually sign off with that question, like if there's anything you want to say, but you, you, you've been surviving out here a long time, and even being a patrol officer, you just sort of live alone and take care of what you gotta. Do you have a, a personal secret to surviving out here that you want to share with maybe people who just kind of were a little late arriving in Appalachia and you don't want to go through the same things that you did, but maybe you don't want to, maybe they can't or don't want to go down to Morgantown and say, hey, I need help, but they still could use some advice. Like, what would you, what would you say to them? Just, you know, just find something. Find somebody. You know, don't do it alone. 
you know, get a get a pet squirrel. One of these little fellas that you see running around all the time. Just get somebody to 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 talk to and to to hold on to. Doing this alone is not a lot of fun, folks. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I can understand that. I can definitely relate to that too. I mean, well, you told us an awful lot about how you feel about things and how you came to feel that way about things. But do you, uh, what do you hope for, like in 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 the future of Appalachia? What do you hope for in the future? Like, what do you see happening in you in know, your the, perfect world? The way I see it now, with the uh, the homesteading program or foundation. The, uh, the new responders setting stuff up and being able to, to operate out of the White Spring. I don't think it'll be long before, you know, we're back to a civilization that we had kind of pre-war. And that's funny, because when I talked to Rip Darren, actually, uh, he mentioned the word civilization exactly. Seems to be something a lot of people are are striving for. Uh, yeah, we're bringing they, it back. Is that a good idea, you think? Do you think it's a good idea to go back to what we were? I mean, look, kind of, no offense, but look look at it. Well, I, th- I think there's a p- pretty big difference between just a civilization, you know, towns and, and cities full of people all caring about each other, mm. and between a giant, long-armed federal government that kind of sprawls over everything and controls everybody without giving them any say for what is or what could be. I guess nobody uh, had no say in who dropped them bombs, so it might not be too far off with that one. But yeah, I, again, it's it's some that, that people seem to have in common, the idea of small places like that, small towns uh, full of people sort of helping each other out. So it, it definitely seems to be the best way to, to go forward, according to a lot of people. So uh, I don't I don't know if I got much more to ask you. You, seem, you. you gave me so much information. You told me so much more than I expected, which... I mean, I was so glad to finally get here and talk to you, I'm telling you. Like, even though it wasn't a hard trip, really, I, I just was thinking about, you know, some of the stuff I want to ask and, and things that I'd always want to ask and never got a chance. So I'm real yes, glad so I finally I'm, got a chance. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you made it safe. Barely. I got to I gotta ask you one thing, though. Uh, I ain't slept in like three days. There's some place I could, um, there's some place I might uh, whew, take a nap or something like uh just oh, absolutely, man. Uh, so, I've got a guest room on the second floor there. It's across from the bathroom. There are, uh, yeah. there, if you want to take a shower before you go to sleep, you, you're certainly welcome. We've got hot water, but don't use all of it, please. <laughs> there are towels in the uh, cabinet right across from the shower, and there are clean sheets in the uh, closet of that guest bedroom. Well, I will be damned. 